it, it, it is the least reassuring piece of equipment than you can imagine. But yeah. if it goes wrong, right, the shame, the shame. And there's been a lot of shame this week, but if this one goes wrong, this is, this is like it. Then we have to do it all over again. Oh, my God. Welcome to Cloud Realities Live, a conversation show exploring the practical and exciting alternate realities that can be unleashed through cloud-driven transformation. I'm Dave Chapman. I'm Shel Casal. And I'm Rob Kernahan. And we are back in Vegas for AWS's reInvent 2023. I know. It doesn't feel like a year, does it? No, it does not. It's very familiar. You come back and you go, oh, I'm back. It, uh, it literally feels like I have never been away. It's like I don't, I don't know whether my life away from Vegas was like a dream. Is it still twenty twenty? Is it still twenty twenty two? It's been a year, Dave. A year. Podcast is now a year and two weeks old. So there yeah. you go. It is indeed. And we're yeah. back. It's birthday. We had our birthday, didn't we? About we? our birthday. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. Like this time last year, we were literally just booting the thing up. It was all new and raw. It was indeed. A different experience. And we've got nicer chairs this year. And indeed. Very happy with that. Um, anyway, joining us on today's uh, call is... Uh, is uh, It's a podcast, Dave. Call. Just <laughs> small point. This is a podcast. Joining us today to, uh, to uh, you know, talk to us about the trends and what's going on and, and, and specifically from his particular position in AWS is, Ro is Rohan Karmarka. He's the uh, Director GSI of Solutions Architecture. Uh, Rohan, good to see you. Just want to, to say a quick hello and introduce yourself a bit better than I did. <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, firstly, happy to be here. Uh, my name is Rohan Karmakar. I lead the solution architecture team for our global SI partners, our global system integrators, where we manage, uh, you know, uh, strategic uh, 15 largest global SIs uh, from a partnership perspective and do joint go-to-market effort with them. Uh, been in this role and with AWS for over eight and a half years and I'm based out of Seattle. So what's the day job? Like, are you working with the architecture teams in GSIs? Are you working with leadership teams? What's the, you both. know, both? Uh, You know, working with, uh, obviously, the, the CTOs and the technical leads at the GSIs and with the customers as well. And also working uh, very closely with the AWS engineering teams and the services teams, uh, you know, and bringing the best, uh, like, technologies for our GSI partners to use and uh, build, uh, you know, uh, applications for their customers. Cool, man. Um, and yeah, so back in reInvent? Back in reInvent. This must be all at eighth or something like that? Well, how many have you been so, to? So, interestingly, I was like, the first two I attended as a partner and then eight as an employee. So wow. this is my 10th reInvent. Wow. There's only been wow. like 11. 12. This 12. is the 12th oh. one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you get some sort of pin? <laughs> of its end. Medal no. of Honor. No. Yeah. <laughs> the badges. Yeah. Real pro tip from us this year, though. We've uh, we've gone Airbnb instead of one of the strip hotels. Nice. So yeah, it's like it's a lot less money to start with, but actually it's just a much more comfortable situation. You can get out, you can get out of the frenzy for a little bit. But you know, one of the harder things there is to do with an Airbnb, Rohan. What's oh, that? Finding it, Rob. Oh. <laughs> no. So Rob is Rob is the most prepared traveller that you'd you've ever come across. He, um, he for for many weeks at this point he's had his Esther printed out and the address of our Airbnb printed out and in a plastic folder, right? Something like that, Dave. Maybe. So, so what happened when you landed, Rob? 
it, it turns out the address was different to the one I thought we were going to. However, Dave, Dave has omitted quite a lot of context from that story that completely exonerates me in this situation of having the wrong address. And I'm just looking straight at our producer, Marcel, across the floor, who's currently chuckling to himself about the situation. So, so I'm going to say mitigating circumstances here, David. I'm going to say exonerate is a strong word, Robert. <laughs> you were a bit in panic mode, right? <laughs> well, I found out, I found out at 33,000 feet on the plane over, the address was different. Yeah, that's the <laughs> mild panic. That's the miracle of Wi-Fi in the air, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, that was right. Great converged technology working to bring panic in the air, yeah? <laughs> All right, then, look, on to the, onto the main event. So, so, Rohan, give us a view. So, we are recording this just after the main keynote. So, there was the introductory keynote last night. Who was the introductory DeSantis. keynote? DeSantis. DeSantis in the introductory keynote. And then this morning it was... Adam Skalepsky. Adam Skalepsky. And there's been a number of uh, kind of interesting announcements and actually a tone being set, I think, for... For reinvent this year, Rohan, do you want to give us your your take on you know what have we heard so far and what are, what are you seeing as the big themes that are emerging? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, you know there've been already thirty plus announcements that have happened in the last two keynotes. I mean, that, uh, in, within thirty <laughs> announcements in about twelve hours. Yeah, it's uh, in, in, including hours. sleeping time. Yes including sleeping time. So, you know, obviously they're varied across uh, different technology areas, right, from, you know, introducing new chipsets and new, uh, you know, instance types to all the way, uh, you know, uh, uh, do, announcing uh, Amazon Q, which is the generative AI-based, uh, you know, chatbot assistant, uh, right. right? So, and then there are, uh, you know, other uh, applications like Zero ETL and, uh, you know, uh, uh, a couple of announcements on mainframe modernization to help customers modernize agents. So, it's, it's a variety of, like, uh, you know, uh, things that have uh, happened in the last two days. And we're just getting started. We have, like, three more keynotes. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Well, the ones that... The one that struck us from DeSantis yesterday was actually his focus on sort of very, very sort of practical cloud modernization and a route through modernization to get to increased efficiency. Um, and I think he was talking particularly about leverage of PaaS services and, and data services in particular. So from your day job perspective, like, you know, leading solution architecture, working with GSIs, um, how do you see that changing the conversation with you know, kind of uh, customers. And, and the reason I ask that is because obviously every every organization that wants to do a cloud journey, ideally would like to have modernized on the way there. But actually sometimes just the scale of what they're trying to do gets in the way. Sometimes the business cases doesn't don't quite work. Give us, give us your take on, yeah. on, on that. No, definitely. I think, uh, see, uh, you know, back uh, around seven, eight years back, uh, you know, when a lot of large enterprises started uh, moving to cloud, uh, initially, you know, their hypothesis was, hey, we need to get into the cloud, right? Like, uh, get the, build that cloud muscle, how to operate, how to build yeah. applications and so on. And the easiest step back then was just doing lift and shift, right? Uh, move your applications uh, to cloud and then... Uh, go from there and, and then modernize. I think in the last, uh, you know, 12 months or 18 months, there's been a lot more focus on, you know, modernization because uh, like, you know, when you build apps for the cloud, 
uh, then uh, it it really drives down the cost. It brings in the innovation and the agility that uh, cloud brings. So uh, obviously, given you know the the macroeconomic situations, the customers are like looking yeah. at uh, you know a lot more of modernization uh, you know aspects, right? And uh, over the over the last few years, they've built that cloud bustle now, so they can take the next next step of like modernizing and really being cloud data. So we're seeing a lot of that as well, right? Uh, and then there are some customers who are like just getting started as well. Uh, so they are now thinking, hey, maybe we should just uh, like, you know, when we go in, we should go in in a modernized state rather than doing lift and shift and then modernization. So you'll see different patterns from different customers, uh, right? right? And, uh, you know, it's always uh, kind of interesting where it always starts with a cost discussion. Hey, we will reduce a cost, but it always changes quickly to agility, bringing more agility, bringing more, uh, you know, enhanced developer experience. I mean, you see innovation. a lot of, you, you see a, a, like a lot of, conversation at the moment about like migration to cloud having not actually delivered you know what it was promised to deliver not necessarily just in cost but also in things like speed and things like that but actually when you scratch below the surface of that argument it is predominantly because the transformation hasn't actually occurred they may well be re-hosting their components somewhere else but actually if they haven't transformed around that both at the tech level and the organization level you don't really get some of the big upsides do you Definite, right? So the more more native you are in in there, like we call it, going higher the stack, right? And in in, in the cloud uh, parlance, so the more you do that, the more uh, efficiencies, the more benefit, the more innovation, the more uh, like cost benefits you can derive from it. So I think the the prize is massive though if you get it right. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah. there's never a compromise. It's more efficient, more sustainable computes. You get. Uh, change adaptability out your architecture and you get happier workforce because they're using modern tech it's yeah. like the whole yeah. the whole gamut's there and there's enough stories out there that the proof points are in but there's still this i feel like there's still this inertia with some organizations where they can't quite get over the let's go transform our architecture for the benefit of of all because there was some amazing stats that came out of the keynote uh, last night around an 80 percent compute efficiency if you oh, use yeah. the platform database and things like this and it's like that's a massive cost saving if you choose to take that step to convert. So yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, if you look at uh, uh, the like, if you look at customers who like some customers are born in the cloud, customers yeah. right? they started their businesses when cloud was around, so they built for the cloud, right? Uh, so there you you'll see them like you they've know, got the happiness, they've yes. got the architecture happiness, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like. And then the, you know, customers who are now transforming themselves to. Yeah, like be more cloud native. Uh, that journey is is something that they need to really plan it out, and there needs to be a top down commitment for that journey as well, right? Uh, because it it will take time, and it will like, you know get you the results, but you'll have to see through. It's hard, isn't it? It's like you can't underestimate the pain that can go in a journey like that, but the results and the, the happiness at the end are huge. So yeah, the the it it seems to me that the it's like really important to get the business casing of it right yeah. either either at the outset of the journey or it might be that you know you've you've phased it so at some point you'll get you'll hit something that looks more like a modernization case than it does a than, than it does like a, a pure kind of rehosting case or a cost saving case but it, useful though i think of some of the metrics that were described by DeSantis in terms of the, the level of saving applied are there like that set of metrics which would you know i read that as being clearly trying to signpost you can business case in a stronger way is that like a 
a new set of metrics as a result of some new technology, or are we just talking about that now because there's a there's more there's more data being gathered on what the upsides of modernization actually are? Yeah, I think there's a lot more uh, you know customers who've gone through that journey, right? Yeah. So that data is available now. You know, uh, another reference today, uh, you know, in the keynote was from the Pfizer team who was saying that you know they, they're going to see potential savings of up to like a couple of billion of do- billions of dollars, right? Using bedrock and generative AI technology. So th- those are the kind of anecdotes and examples that we have today that we didn't have probably a few years back. Yeah, yeah. And have you got have you got a good a good example or two that come to mind that you could share with us? Uh, the, the Pfizer example I was just talking about, that's a strong uh, example yeah, as yeah. well, right? And then, you know, uh, the, there are a, a few other examples that, that come to mind where customers have uh, really reduced their infrastructure footprint by being cloud native, right? Like where they were running hundreds of VMs, have gone serverless, you know, the, the operation costs have reduced, their development, uh, you know, uh, uh, deployment agility has increased a lot, right? So you'll see a lot of those references coming up from, from customers. like And it's always the, the, the pounds, shillings and pence at the end, the savings with case studies like that are mighty. So yeah. that, that's yeah. for the motivator of you can actually save a lot of dough. Yeah. And use that to yeah. transform more. A positive feedback loop helps a lot as well, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think the, the the other thing that I think that's always strikes me from from case studies that have actually delivered the saving as well is that you know, is make sure you actually land like land the saving that you're going for. But what what I love about that case study is as well is it's based with a. A, a company that's got heritage, has traditional architecture patterns and things like that, and they've managed to achieve the outcome. So it's not the born in the cloud story, but it's like some a, an organization that's managed to transform itself very, very successfully. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the uh, the other big news of this morning uh, in Andy's keynote, which was which was uh, AWS Q, and Amazon Q. Um, first of all, tell us a little bit about what what Q actually is for anyone who's not who's not seen the news on it yet. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, so. Amazon Q is, uh, you know, think of it as a as a assistant, right? Uh, that's built on generative AI, uh, which is available, you know, in in different uh, uh, places. It's available in the console. It's available in the CLI and documentation, and also in services like Amazon Connect, where uh, you know you can use uh, uh, you you can use natural language to get uh, a question uh, get questions answered on your architectures on how you would build certain things, right? When you're using AWS platform. Like today, the way you do that is you have to go through a bunch of forums and search queries right. and maybe talk to a lot of people to get those answers, right? So that this is something now which will be available to you. You can talk about, hey, I need to scale this application, scale up, scale down. How do I do it? Or yeah. like, uh, you know, what would be the uh, uh, kind of... Uh, like security I need to build for these kind of compliances, like and so on, right? So these kind of questions you can ask. Now, this the interesting thing is how this uh, this entire model is being built on, is built on, uh, you know, uh, based on like last 17 years of data that we internally within the AWS have had, right? Uh, with, through solution architects and, uh, you know, uh, support right. teams and all those things. We've collected this data and used that data to train this model, right? Uh, to make it more, you know, uh, more uh, kind of user friendly and, and enhance the experience of the people, the developers and the builders using this. I think what I really like about it is it's moving up the intellectual property stack with the higher yeah. level 
requirements associated with I'm seeking an answer and it's yes. a complicated answer. So it's a, it's a good example of ever increasing complexity and capability from these type of prompts. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. it's like... Uh, and, and so what, what, what's the output that it gives you? Is it like, is it, is it documentation at the moment, which is like, here's how we suggest you go about doing it, or, or is it actually building anything for you? And, and if, it's, if it's not, do you see that as like a, a, a natural next step? Uh, so it, it it's not just documentation, right? It's generative AI. So it's generating the content for you based on your questions, right? Uh, and it'll try to answer the question using some of the, you know, the, the, the documentation data and other things, right? right, right. So uh, it'll give you, it'll be a very conversational chatbot type experience where you'll get a response in a natural language again as to what And how context aware is it for the solution that you're trying to build? So will it take like a really complex natural language question like, I'm literally going to make this up off the top of my head, like we have a, we have a situation where we're trying to scale uh, a solution for a particular line of business application. That line of business application has got, you know, like these sort of usage patterns attached to it. Um, it has been migrated over at the moment. It's only been refactored. What do, you know, so like, will it take a series of sort of complex yes. queries like that? It will. Right, uh, it will take. Uh, you can pass a lot of context and get you know more and more uh, like refined responses. So you can really prompt it to get to where you want to go. You know what's funny about this is the emerging engineering skill, which is prompt engineer, which is becoming more <laughs> and more of a yes a reality of how to use the system best to get the right results out of it. So it is a skill of the future that as you know a year ago, if you went to anybody prompt engineer, they go you are. And now you go, oh, yeah, no, they're really important now. No, absolutely. It's yeah. like a job that appeared overnight. Yeah, it literally <laughs> is. And, and it's one that, like, is going to be millions of people doing it, let's yeah, face it, both it, professionally and personally. It's going to be the next big thing, I think. And we talk about organizational shapes changing off the back of AI generally in the future. And this is a good example of a, a rebalancing of skill sets within an organization. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, very much so. So, so when is Q going to be available? It is available. It is available yeah, it already. Yeah. Today, um, right. Available on the console and like the CLI and the documentation connect yeah. and a few other. It's, I think it's also available on the mobile app as well. <laughs> what I like is as you're configuring your architecture, maybe it'll be more advanced to say, "I wouldn't do that if I were you." <laughs> I yeah. don't think that configuration is what you really want to do now. Well, you mean it? it'd be like judgmental? Yeah, you go. <laughs> you're not a very good architect, are you? I was going to say that's much like <laughs> yeah. any other architect that I've ever met. <laughs> That's not very just judging. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. judging. Yeah. Just like it, it raises a virtual eyebrow at you and rolls its eyes. <laughs> if you if you want to be a good architect, you need to be very strongly opinionated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 and I, not I, listen to the response. Yeah. I, I'm, I work constantly with two of them, mate. I know exactly what you're talking about. Easy, easy. <laughs> but like, I mean, talking of architecture and stretching a little bit outside of the sort of the technical element of it. And it'd be interesting. I don't know whether Q is uh, is doing this at the moment, but but just sort of generally, when you think about Rob's point about things like prompt engineering, things like the advantages that AI is going to give you, and, and Q being a very fast example of that is going to take a lot of toil out of out of the work that needs to be done. So, what are you what are you seeing at the moment in terms of how it's impacting organisations? And I asked that question from a point of view of saying it, cl it clearly is already, but I'm not sure how many organizations are doing full transformations yet. I absolutely fully expect by this time next year, um, probably still be in Vegas, but, and, and we'll be seeing organizations that are changing. 
and changing quite materially. Have you started to think about that yet, Rohan? Where, where, where's your head at on that? Yeah, no, that's a very good question, right? Like, and, uh, you know, I think Adam said this uh, a few months ago, saying that we are three steps into a marathon when it comes to yeah. generative AI, yeah. right? So still pretty early days. But the way, you know, uh, we think about it uh, is is that it's going to be, uh, it, it, it's going to change the experience of the entire aspect of, you know, application development, application management, security, a lot of these things, right? So uh, let's take an example of, of a developer experience today, right? Like with, uh, with uh, tools like Code Whisperer, they can generate the code, right? And to generate the code, again, you need to have the right prompts and, you know, uh, 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 things. And then those tools are like uh, getting better, right? We also announced a bunch of things around, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, support for SDKs and cloud formation, uh, cloud formation generation, and uh, like uh, other other kind of third-party uh, code generation snippets as well, right? So, so as a developer now, you you need to use these tools to be more productive or to be more efficient at your job, right? Uh, same with applications. You know, every part of the application now will be infused with generative AI. Right? Right, uh, right? They'll make different parts of it. When you do security, you know, you'll, you'll see some of that. Operations also will have like a lot of gen, uh, AI infused in it, right? Like for example, for uh, AWS config now, we also launched something where you can query AWS config in a national language. Saying, hey, tell me which of the S3 buckets are open to public, right? Uh, so these kind right. of, uh, you right. know, uh, like prompts you can do to even get better at identifying your risk and mitigating the risk and so on. So all parts of the building blocks of an application as well as the uh, the, the individuals who are working on it yeah. will have some infusion of, right. of this technology, right? right. And, and you're right, in a year from now, you'll see a lot more of that. I think, I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. And we're getting, it feels like we're getting to the, uh, we're finally getting to computers that can work like the computer on the Starship Enterprise, aren't we? Yeah, you just talk to it. Although I did actually think, I just thought to myself there, what if developers didn't tell the world about Gen AI and then hid it away and then they just used it and then had a big house party and yeah. nobody ever knew anything about it. Just, house party? Yeah, yeah. They just talk to the computer and off they go, yeah, yeah. And we're all none the wiser. Yeah, just think about that. They've missed out there, haven't they? <laughs> they, they, they probably didn't think of that, Rob. <laughs> so, so keen they were to bring Gen AI to the world. Yeah, they didn't think about... if. Hang on, if we don't tell anyone, just think how we can get away <laughs> yeah, yeah. not doing anything for the rest of our lives. <laughs> on that note... Um, Shalk, before we get on to the remainder of the of the things that have been announced over the course of the first 12 hours or so of reInvent, this is your first one, right? This is my first one, yeah. First impressions? Highly impressed. Yeah. Huge conference, good vibe. Yeah, I'm highly impressed, yeah. What you, what, what's your particular big... Well, that's, uh, that's interesting. That's different to the other ones I've been to. Yeah, I think it. What what is really different is the amount of people, right? Mm. This conference just started, so uh, I about the content I cannot uh, judge about at this moment. But the amount of people and the 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 vibe that we have here in Las Vegas, that's really terrific. Yeah. Cool. Brilliant. Well, we might come back to your uh, observations as we go through the uh, as we go through the week. But tell us, like, we t so we talked about um, the big stuff from DeSantis last night, which is. Focusing on uh, you know using power solutions, using modernization to both drive productivity, but also kind of take costs out. We've talked yeah. about Amazon Q, the big thing from this morning. What else? 
Yeah, I think then the major announcement that stick to me was uh, around uh, quantum computing and uh, more about error connection improvement. So uh, a question about that, what, what do you see for quantum computing in the future? Do you see that it's going to be available for customers soon or does it take a lot of time? I think uh, some of it, again, it's it's one of those disruptive technologies, right? Like, uh, which will really change the way we look at, uh, you know, compute and, uh, you know, overall application performance and what we can do with them, right? Uh, but again, it's it's uh, pretty early days there. So today, customers can use it for certain use cases. The technology is still, uh, you know, uh, I, I would say in the in, in, in the incubation phase, mm -hmm. uh, right? And it's been incubated. Uh, we do have some offerings around that as well. And uh, it's an area which, uh, you know, we are all keeping a very close eye on to see how how things shape up, right? But that's the next big, uh, you know, thing in my mind. Yeah. yeah. After Gen <laughs> AI, quantum. Yeah, yeah. Well, it seems to me that, like, we, 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 we've talked about both of those subjects relatively often on the show itself. And it seems to me that within the next 10-year period, you're going to have not only potential AGI starting to emerge, but like emerging at the same time as commercially available quantum. That's a world changer, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. There's that famous quote. I think it was, uh, we always overestimate what the next two years are going to bring, but we always underestimate the next 10 years. And you just know that, that there's going to be a massive, well, quantum leap. Hey, <laughs> see what I did there, Dave. <laughs> Were you leading all the way up to that joke from what you said? <laughs> I have been sat on that for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Thanks, Shalk. Yeah. We'll return to you at the end of each show to get uh, to get the mop up of the rest of the trends and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Good stuff. Brilliant. Well, look, Rohan, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure talking to you and getting your insights. The pleasure's been mine. Thank you very much for having me. But before you before you leave, we end every episode of the podcast by asking our guests what they're excited about doing next. And of course, because it's Vegas, we have to ex we have to ask you about you know what you're excited about doing next in Vegas, and that could be. I've got, you know, a, a seat booked at one of Gordon Ramsay's 25 restaurants in <laughs> Vegas, or it could be something you're excited about, like a particular keynote or something that's going on in the show. So what are you excited about doing next in Vegas? Uh, a couple of things, right? Obviously, there are, like I said, uh, three more keynotes uh, in the next two days. So very excited about what would get announced there. Looking forward to the keynote, looking forward to the partner keynote by Ruba Barno as well, which is uh, tomorrow. And uh, yeah, there's another tradition that we have as a team, right? Whenever we come to Vegas, like before we leave Vegas, we go have steaks at Capitol Grill right across the road. Oh. So I'm looking forward to for that as well. Nice. So a couple of questions on that. <laughs> it's, that's really caught my interest. So preferred cut of steak and preferred sauce to go with it. Ah, that's a good one. Like I like the ribeyes, but uh, yeah, I'm not a big sauce fan. Not a, not a Bernays man? Yeah. No, I'm a big ba yeah, Bernays yeah. best sauce for steak. Cote de Bouffe from Bernays like, sauce, happy days. That, is, that your, <laughs> is that your pro Cote de Bouffe? Cote de Bouffe. For two? Which is basically ribeye on the on is the that for, Is that for two, Rob? Uh, occasionally just Roma for me. Roman <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have been known to eat a whole Cote de Bouffe on my own. So, yeah. <laughs> bit, bit of a meat sweat after that, I would imagine. <laughs> Very happy though afterwards. Oh, yeah. Chuck, your favorite cut of steak, and do you have a preferred sauce? For me, it's uh, filet mignon. I had that yesterday. Classic. Very good, without sauce. Without sauce. Yeah, What's yeah. What's this lack of sauce? I don't. It's much hey, healthier, Rob. All the way. Much healthier. Peppercorn all the way. <laughs> oh, but I, but I do like a filet mignon. I'm 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 right with you. Yeah, on that. yeah. I really love it. Yeah. 
Thanks again, Rohan. Thank you. So a huge thanks to our guest this week, Rohan. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks also to our sound and editing wizards, Ben and Louis, our chef, driver, and producer, Marcel. <laughs> and of course, to all of our listeners. We're on LinkedIn and X, Dave Chapman, Rob Kernahan, and Xiao Kizal. Feel free to follow or connect with us. And please get in touch if you have any comments or ideas for the show. And of course, if you haven't already done that, rate and subscribe to our podcast. See you in another reality next time. <laughs>